Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to online. Happy Valentine's Day. It's February 14th and we're back for our latest foray into high school track and field news. We hope your Valentine's all come true. I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbenet and Ashley Titians. Uh, if you listen to our show on milesplit.com, well, hey, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, give us a listen there too. On today's show, we'll have two, two, count them two, interviews with all-time athletes. We'll go over the weekend's festivities. We'll talk Milrose, the North Carolina State Championships, and detail our meet of the week, which is the New Jersey Group Championships. But first, as always, how's everybody doing? Olivia, Ashley, let's start with you, Olivia. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. <laughs> you, you like my little intro there? Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Nice. I do, I do, nice. I do, I do. Love is I brought in the out air. The pink sweater. <laughs> I like the pink. Yeah, very good. Love is in the air. All right. Uh, we'll wait, no longer. We have an an amazing guest. Uh, we are all looking forward to talking to this uh, young lady who this weekend just did something like jaw dropping. Uh, up next is Mia Brahe Patterson of Lake Oswego High School in Oregon, the high school junior. I repeat. High school junior broke a ridiculous national record on Friday at the Don Kirby Invite, clocking a sub-23 200-meter time of 22.89 seconds, passing Bianca Knight's former record. A lot of people were wondering if that would ever get broken. Well, it did, and Mia did it. So, Mia, congratulations. Thanks for, for being on our show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, everything is still kind of like settling in it doesn't really feel fully real yet but like the past few days it's just been full of a bunch of congratulations from people and i feel like i'm on top of the world still as you should be i mean hindsight's 2020 um you're, you're now the record holder you now have surpassed sub 23 but if you could take us back to the line um could you tell us what was going through your head before you even started were you even thinking like sub 23 or were you thinking something different Back in 2020? No, now. Like, on Friday. Oh, today. Okay. Um, honestly, I was hoping for, like, maybe a 23-1 or 23-2 low. Um, 22, just, that just seemed like that would be a dream. And I was trying to be realistic. <laughs> but um, I think 
I think that was the best case scenario. <laughs> that was definitely the best case scenario, not what I was expecting. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we've all watched this race like a handful of times. We looked at it. I mean, you know, where were the, the great strong points of it? Like, how did it kind of come together? Like, for me, I felt like the first half of this race, like, set you up for success. Um, do yeah. you see it that way or do you see it any differently? Um, I think... I didn't get out as strong as I would have liked. I I feel like I might have stumbled. Um, but then after like 20 meters all the way to like 150, I feel like that part of my race really set me up. Um, and I'm, that's usually one of the stronger parts of my 200. And so I was able to rely on that. And I'm just glad I executed. I love that, Mia. And I must say, I think, as Corey mentioned, we watched this a handful of times. I've, e I've even had people message me like, wait, this girl's a high schooler and she's a junior? This is insane. I'm like, yeah, this girl is literally on fire. I have to ask, have you been chasing after this national high school record in the 200? Like, is this something that's been on your vision board for a while? Um, not really. I wasn't, I wasn't even aware of it when I broke it. If I'm being completely honest, I, I was like, oh, that's a really great time. And that's a PR. And I just walked off the track and my coach confronts me and he's like, hey, nice national record. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? I wasn't even aware of it, but I mean, I was happy with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's ecstatic. Like even your reaction to the video, you you congratulated the young talent from Oregon and you just had smiles across your face. What were kind of those emotions that you felt when you saw 2289 next to your name? Um, It kind of felt like everything I've been working for, like throughout the entire fall and winter, like it's definitely been a lot. And I'm just... It was really great to see everything kind of coming together and just kind of seeing it pay off, knowing that it's worth it. And yeah, it was it was like an overwhelming feeling. I'm just like, like it was all it was all worth it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, I know you mentioned you've been putting in the work during the fall and obviously it's showing now at this part of the season. You look strong in that race. I know you mentioned you've been putting in the work. What are some of the areas that you've been focusing on? Have you been looking into improving in your blocks? Are you looking to improve in your finish? Like, what are some of those areas that you've been focusing on this season? I mean, you kind of just hit it on the head of the nail right there. I've been working a lot on my start. I mean, just about anyone who's ever seen me race can tell that that's definitely not my strong suit. Um, and then I've also been working on my finish because, I mean, in many of my more competitive 200s last year um I tended to like slow not slow down but definitely tighten up and wouldn't didn't finish as strong as I would have liked because of that and so now I'm just kind of working on my strength and being able to maintain my speed all the way through the line so those are the two main things I would say now, Mia, you're a national record holder now, but I have to know, where did that all begin? You know, tell us a little bit about how you, you know, got into track and field and kind of that journey up until this point. Yeah, I mean, I started track a little less than five years ago. It was, I just did it for fun um, in sixth grade for my middle school. But I mean, before I even did track, I'd been playing soccer for since I was like three or four years old. And my dad had always been my coach. Um, and I mean, that's kind of how I discovered that I was fast. Everyone always told me that I was fast. Just I played left mid and forward. And so 
a lot of running, <laughs> definitely a lot of running. Um, and then I think I realized after that first season that I was like, this is something I'm really passionate about. And I decided to take it seriously and I quit soccer the next year and just focused on track. <laughs> Well, obviously, the talent and the passion part of it is there. And, you know, this isn't the first time that you've broken 23 seconds in the 200. You know, last summer at USAU 20s, you ran 22.98, you know, as just a sophomore, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, besides, you know, what you mentioned, like the talent and the passion and the love for the sport, you know, what do you think also kind of, you know, leads to your success? Um, I think that in my success, I like, it's just that I have a lot of fun with it. And most of that is the people that I've met through track. Um, in my, on my track club, my team is like a family to me. And just like being able to go to practice almost every day and just see them and just be able to bond with them. It helps me enjoy the process. And that's just about one of the most important things about sports and trying to become great is enjoying the process and the people in this this sport helped me do that it's crazy to think that it's the middle of february and before we know it nationals is going to be here i know to our knowledge <laughs> you're going to be competing at the nsaf indoor nationals what are some of the things that you're looking to achieve there this year um i mean i think I'm hoping to prove that this 200, this national record was not just like a one hit wonder and um, that I actually can do it again and just, I don't know, just kind of prove myself. Yeah, I mean, that's a, obviously a very good goal to strive for. Hit it again, hit it again, hit it again. I think yeah. um, you were at altitude, um, which like gives a little bit of like a boost for sprinters. I think the mm -hmm. uh, sea level record is 2314 from Allison Felix. So, yeah. I mean, if you're thinking about numbers, 2314 uh, is yeah. it. You commented on like not knowing what the record was after finishing. And I, I totally understand that because like not even the, annou the announcer didn't even realize like sub 23 was like this huge moment. Like he was calling the race and he's like, oh, high schooler, sub 23. That's good. Cool. Like, and then he moved on. It's It's kind of, it's interesting that like, there's so many events in high school track and not most people don't realize like the significance of something like this. You think, you know, down the line, like, you know, when you're in college, you feel like you'll still remember this. Like, how do you think you'll go down and remember this moment? I mean, I feel like there's not really much of a way that I can forget this moment. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's still moments that I remember from, seventh grade track that I still think about to this day that I'm still proud of and still make me smile. So I feel like this is the biggest thing I've accomplished so far. And it's really kind of gotten my name out there as someone who can make it in the world of track and field. And I think there's no possible way that I could even forget it, <laughs> no yeah. matter how much time passes. And the good thing, too, is this is a start because this prepares you for outdoor. Based off this result kind of now, how excited are you going into the spring season and outdoor track? I mean, I'm an outdoor track person. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm on the taller side. So the tight indoor curves are not always my best friend. Um, so I'm definitely an outdoor track person. And so the fact that I could run that indoor, um, it makes me really excited. I'm not going to share my, my goals yet because <laughs> I've got to keep 
keep okay. those secret, but okay. But I'm, gonna be good, I'm excited. Right? And I'm expecting big things. So. Well, we are so excited for you and looking forward to doing what in the upcoming weeks and also for this outdoor season. It's crazy to think you're still a junior. So we got another year to watch you just kill it out there on the track. Now, Oregon is a very, very interesting state. I actually been to Oregon a handful of times. <laughs> I love it. So what is the most Oregon thing that describes you? Um, that's hard. Um, probably that I'm just like, <laughs> not phased by the weather at all <laughs> like um especially like in training i'll just go out there it'll be like 30 degrees and raining sideways i'm just like oh nice little day in oregon <laughs> and I, just, I don't know nothing nothing quite phases me so i guess i guess that now mia we like to ask our guests what their music taste is so you know first off what you know, is your music taste? And then, you know, what's better? Do you like Spotify? Or are you like someone that watches or like music videos or listens to music on YouTube? Um, I mean, I don't really have like a specific music taste. I kind of just like hit shuffle and <laughs> I can be bouncing from a bunch <laughs> of different genres. Um, <laughs> nothing. There's no, like, one thing to describe my playlist at all, um, but I'd have to say Spotify is, Spotify is my go-to. It's just better. I, I I really like that quote. I just hit shuffle. I mean, I'm a shuffle guy myself, so I can, I can appreciate that for sure. All right. Uh, last question. We know we got to get to school. Um, Lake Oswego is just south of Portland. I looked at it on a map. Uh, so I have to ask, have you ever seen the show Portlandia and are you a fan or not a fan? <laughs> no, no, I have not seen the show Portlandia. I've definitely heard it, <laughs> but no, I've never watched it. So I can't say that I'm a fan or not. We just talked about YouTube. So maybe check it out on YouTube. Very weird show. <laughs> if you're a weird person, you'll like Portlandia. So, uh, <laughs> um, Mia, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, many congratulations on your efforts uh, this weekend and obviously in the future. Best of luck, okay? Thank you. All right. Awesome interview with Mia Brahe Patterson. I'm sure we'll be talking about her more as the weeks go on. Let's move to our next segment, Weekend Rewind, all the action that took place over the U.S. We're going to get into it now. Ashley, let's go to you first. What do you got? Yeah, first, I want to talk about the Florida Indoor Championships. Guys, this was pretty cool. I mean, this was the first ever unofficial indoor championships in Florida. So, you know, those are some exciting opportunities for those athletes down there. And they certainly made the most of it. Um, you know, looking at some of the performances, probably the most, you know, eye-catching one, in my opinion, I believe, has to come from Aiden Dixon of Port Orange Atlantic. He was the first guy under 47 seconds in the 400 meter this season in the country. He clocked 46.98 in Gainesville. He clocked 47.54 in the prelims, and then so he shaved half a second off that mark in the finals. Um, and if you look at his race, like it's just, it's he kind of commands that race, you know. So that's pretty solid stuff from there. Kind of a breakthrough athlete here as we kind of near 
national season. You know, looking at some of the other boys' highlights from the indoor championships, you had Jerry Hawkins of IMG. He went 6.7 in the 60 meters. That's a really impressive time there. You had Kyle Johnson of Montverde. He went 47.11 and a quarter in the triple jump. And he's already ranked, you know, among the top five in the country this year. So he continues to show, you know, some real good consistency there in those jumps. And then looking at the girls' side, I think some there were some great highlights as well. You have Kamaya Haywood of Bishop Kenny. She runs 54.95 for U.S. number five in the 400. And she also won the 800 and 210. That's some pretty impressive stuff there. You have Brittany Jennings of Top End Track Club. She ran 848 for a PR in a U.S. Top 10 performance in the 60-meter hurdles. And lastly, Mackenzie Travis of Evangelical Christian School. She won both the 60 in the 200. So we had a lot of people, you know, kind of doubling there and getting some wins in multiple events. And, you know, all around, I think the Florida athletes made the most of their, you know, kind of unofficial indoor championships. Quick question here. Aiden Dixon, first guy under 47. Mm-hmm. Is he the last guy under 47? No. No. I can say that definitively. There, <laughs> there's more no. coming. Okay. But he's the okay. first. Maybe it's the domino effect, you know, yeah. like he did it first and more, yeah. more to come. Absolutely. Olivia, let's go to you. Yes, I decided to take over North Carolina this weekend. Sorry, Ashley. I I thought of you (laughs) as we were going through this. So I thought I'd be Ashley for today. Let's talk about the North Carolina State Championships because this was straight fire. We have to start out with Akela Garrett, who was the MVP of the meet for the Class 1A, 2A division. She competed in four races in about one hour time span, which I thought was remarkable. She competed. She won the the 55-meter hurdles. In 7.86 and also the 500 with a 115.86. Those are new 1A2A state meet records. She also won the 300 with a 40.44 and then finished third in the 55. Fun fact about this 55. This was her first time ever competing at the state championships in that event in the 55, just straight sprints, no hurdles in the way. So finishing third there is remarkable. There were also three other performers that I think deserve some credit and some love this week. Antoine Hughes Jr., which we'll dive into a little bit more. He clocked a meet record of 6.19 in the 55 to win the title, which is a number nine all-time performance. Jordan Polk of Jordan ran a U.S. top 10 performance in the 500 meters with a 104.25. He improved by two seconds in this event, and he ran that last year at the state championship. So that's remarkable. Then you also have junior Peyton Kimball of Northeastern. He threw the shot put in a best of 55-9 to win the 1A2 title. This equals the 17th best throw in North Carolina high school history. So kudos to all the athletes that won titles in North Carolina, but I'm going to kick it off now to the Eastern indoors where Corey was actually at this weekend. Corey had an opportunity to sing King Combest, uh, one of the top sprinters in the nation clock is 6.92 in the 60. He was second to Josiah Rogers who won the title in a 6.91. So interesting about King He became the fastest freshman so far this indoor season in this event, and he moved up to number eight all time for the freshman class. This is also his third performance this season where he broke seven seconds in the short sprints. Outside of King, we saw a very heavy matchup, and this race is something that we were all looking forward to seeing. We were able to see Claire Stegall and Kira O'Shea battle it out this weekend in the mile. 
And I must say, I was super impressed by both of these ladies. And we're going to have that race video up for you guys in just a moment. But Kira, I think, did all the work. She was pretty much leading this whole entire race until the very last 200, where Claire just who put on the jets. I have never seen anything like this. This is the last 200 meters of this race. And Corey, I want you to kind of just share a little bit more about insights on this race, but Claire just like put on all gas, no brakes, clocked a 444.62 to break her previous record of 455, which she set last year. And she also shaved 10 seconds off her previous best. What an improvement for the sophomore. And this is the fifth fastest time in the nation. So, Corey, you had a chance to watch this. What were some of your thoughts on this performance? Well, I mean, uh, high school athletes are, are very polite, right? They're, they're um, you know, ladies are obviously are friends off the track and on the track. But watching this, it, it was a little, little tense because uh, two times Kira had to kind of get away from, you know, a couple – like you know um interlocking of of feet right the after one lap she kind of got clipped a little bit from Stigall who was a little too close and then toward the end it happened again um so you know i think you could sense or glean any insight from that is that like they were really going at each other right that you know they each wanted to win and um i thought it was a good race from kier because she wasn't afraid to lead she knew claire was on her shoulder the whole time and she she was okay with that. Claire, I mean, pulled out the move at the end, which is often done, right? I think, I don't know. It, I think, I think if the race was any different, I I would probably have seen Kira maybe try to surge a little earlier and and see if Claire could, you know, um, match it at the end. But I thought it was uh, an extremely smart race from both of them. I mean, Claire just had a little bit more in the tank in the lap in the end and. Kira's top time before that was 4:54, so I believe she topped that. So they both had good races. Um, and on on King too, um, he I mean he's shown so much improvement I think from last mm -hmm. year to this year, and she's she's still a freshman. We got to keep that in mind. You know, high school boys aren't fully matured as freshmen, so he's got to work on developing his physicality, right? Getting getting more power, and I mean I think that'll come. His dad was there. His dad's the high school national record holder at six five seven, and so King has this talent. He's trying to work towards his dad's mantle. I think it's it's a slow process, but I think we're we're seeing steps over and over again, and um, really good to see that. the The other thing too, Keegan Smith, Eastern uh, Indoors, ran the eight hundred all out. Right, showed a really good, um, I, I think, performance there with one fifty three. Will Conway, if either of you haven't seen Will Conway's interview, I suggest you watch it. Uh, that guy is a hoot. Uh, he loves Craig Engels and, like, watch the interview. <laughs> yeah, I promise you, you'll be entertained. Um, outside of Eastern Relay or Eastern Indoors, a uh, couple athletes and, and realize I want to get to. Brody Buffington, he went, like, quasi-viral this week with, you know, that Maryland DQ action. Everybody was, like, up in arms about it. I don't know how either of you feel about. Do you have any feelings on on the DQ? It's a it's a little much. It's a little much. Yeah. In my personal yeah. opinion, I don't think he would have gotten DQ'd, but I do think he kind of went outside the normal guidelines of of what he should have been doing because he was looking True. at the crowd well before people True. actually saw it. So it, it's like you yeah. Know. Um, but he comes back. Milrose runs six six six. That's number four or three number three in the country. This guy. Certainly re rebounded from that and showed a really good effort. So props to him for coming back after a controversy and really doing work there. 
Jake Andrews of Seahome ran at UW this weekend. One of the most underrated sprinters in the country right now. No one is talking about him. Let's talk about him real briefly. He ran 21.60 for 200. He ran 47.28 for 400. He's U.S. top 16 in the 200, U.S. 4 in the 400, and he's also run 6.82. Um, I think this guy will go into nationals, and he might do something special. So uh, that's how good he is. Seton Hall Prep, New Jersey. We'll talk about them later. They went 3.15.73, uh, just 0.2 uh, seconds shy of tying a New Jersey record. Michael Larry, I don't know if any of you follow him on Instagram. I'm sure you guys do. He put up a, a little Instagram story recently. He's like, I'm disappointed. People don't care about the long jump, right? You got to care about the long jump more. <laughs> I agree with that. 24-11 and three quarters, a phenomenal jump from him. It's a new PR indoors. Uh, and it looked like he was going for it. He fouled on two, four, five, and six, those attempts. But he landed at six or seven, six, one. And, and it's a massive one. I did talk to his jumps coach, Juan Carlos Arroyo, recently, and he said the big thing with Micah, being consistent, right? You, you can get to 7-5, but you don't want to just hit it once. You want to hit it two, three, four times. And the number of times you get there, then that'll allow you for that next 7-7 jump. So that's just about, with him, finding consistency. And then the last two things, Kate Putman. Olivia, I know you're a huge fan. 445 at Melrose. Bullis Girls, super. Superior effort uh, at Melrose, four four by two hundred, four by four hundred. They really um, knocked out of the park. So, congrats to them. All right, let's move to our next subject, which is Nicholas Harbor in the men's pro sixty meters. Um, interesting action that kind of entailed here. Nicholas asked for a restart. Once everyone got down on the line, he raised his hand, got everyone kind of on the out of the rhythm. They go back to the line. Noah Lyles false starts. Interesting. Uh, and then they run it again. He runs on appeal, basically, and Christian Coleman wins. So the question is, did Nicholas Harbour get into Noah Lyles' head? Let's start with Olivia first. I want to preface this. this. Imagine standing next to <laughs> Nick Harbour. I was watching this live, and I think we were we were all texting each other. I'm like, you you can't miss Nick. Like he's the tallest kid in the field, and it was just like he was just towering over the professionals. And if I was standing next to Nick, and I know him personally, so I'm not intimidated by him. But like, if I didn't know Nick, I'd be I'd be a little nervous, you know, like. This is Nick's, I believe, his very first race. So I don't think any of the professionals maybe against know pros. You mean against pros? Do. You mean yes, against okay. pros. Yes. Okay. So like the fact that no one has probably seen him in that field, it would have been like, okay, who's this kid, right? But like I agree, Nick races tan. That probably did kind of set off the the vibe a little bit. Like everyone's <laughs> in tuned, and then all of a sudden, yeah. wait, we're standing up now. Like I can't remember if they were at set or not, but like. Nick did a great job of just kind of like, hey, it didn't right. feel right to him probably. But again, at the end of the day, I don't know. The false start really just threw everybody off. And it was just kind of like everyone was just kind of ready to go. But like I would be – if I didn't know Nick, I would be intimidated for sure. I don't know if it got into Nick's head because – I mean, not Nick. Noah Lyles' head. But Noah Lyles has been doing this for so long. He's been in probably worse situations before they're used to being dialed in, right? Like they're used to probably having hiccups. They probably practice that at practice. But I thought just looking at Nick, I thought this was a good experience for him. Like I mentioned, he probably hasn't competed against professional sprinters at this kind of level. So the fact that he was able to do that, gain some experience, learn from it, he probably was really nervous. He's actually competing at States today. So shout out to him competing. Um, but like he could definitely use this experience and take it in and use it 
for next time. But I don't know if I don't know if Noah was intimidated by Nick. It was okay. just a whole lot of stuff was was going on there. Ashley, the did Nick get into Lo- Noah Lyles' head? Oh, I think absolutely he did. I mean, okay, you look at it, right? <laughs> did you see the look on Noah Lyles' yes. face? Yes. He was like angry. He was <laughs> not not happy there. And you know, I think that you know, I mean. Is it a coincidence that he yeah. false starts, you know, minutes later? I mean, who who knows? But I think Olivia hit it spot on when she said that, you know, for all those pros in the field, I don't care if Nick Harbour's a high schooler. If I'm if you're standing next to him, those pros, I mean, he made them look so teeny. Like he it, like that's got to be intimidating. <laughs> like again, I don't care if he's yeah. 17 years old. You know, I'm sure those pros were kind of in like a strange way, like maybe a little not scared, but just a little. Little uneasy because of that. I I don't actually think they were scared, but I I will turn on the other side. If you're Nick Carper and you see Christian Coleman and Noah Lyles, the two stars yes. of track and field in the world, you know I would it would cut for any high school you you'd be looking at it the other way, a little intimidated. But that's what speaks mm-hmm. to this as like a little bit of a head game. Nicholas Harper, the high schooler on the line with these enormous stars raises his hand to stop the race he is stopping the race not the pros it's mm-hmm. nicholas harbour and then i <laughs> auto commented on on the broadcast about it. he's like wow the high schooler getting a little confident yeah. here so yeah i think it got into his head a little bit and then that throw off his rhythm it's unfortunate because it's milrose right it's on nbc it's like yeah. a huge profile mate um but at, in the end, and then it ultimately did come down to Lyles and Coleman. It didn't come down to Harbor. Harbor is still developing, right? So we're not going to knock him mm-hmm. for that. He's he's run beautifully like this year, six six four and six seven five, I believe in this this race. I mean, isn't bad either. It's it's really really good. Um, but I do I I think it was an awesome moment, right? You don't see that every day, and it's it's something that you you certainly you know it's a talking point. So. Um, Interesting stuff there in the men's 60. Let's move on to another short distance race in the North Carolina Indoor State Championships. Antoine Hughes Jr. had a incredible race. Uh, ended up setting a new meet record, tying a state record, and he won the 55 in 6.19 seconds. Let's just go into this because it was a beautiful moment. Um, let's watch the, the tape first and then like get into it. And after this, I'll, Olivia, you can start off after this. Well, as we can clearly see here, Antoine Hughes Jr. just like blasts out of the blocks here. And I, first of all, look at the fans. Yeah. I have never been to a meet where they're literally on the track. I'm honestly surprised <laughs> he didn't like run through anybody. But look at that energy, y'all. Like, I was just like, I am all for this. I feel like we need more of this at track meets. Like the celebration, everything. This guy was so explosive out of the blocks. And as you mentioned, Corey, state champion, you know, sets the meet record here at states. Wow. Just, Ashley, what are your thoughts on just the celebration? Just everyone out on the track. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you, I've raced at JDL many, many times in my my life. I've never seen that at JDL before. So I don't know what they were doing there, but I'm, I'm for it. Like, it was so electric and such a special moment for him. It almost feels like like that's the that's the response of somebody who has a lot of people that doubt him, right? Or say he's not going to win. And then you got all your friends, your your buds, your homies, they're like you yes, you. You got it. You proved everybody wrong. That's what it felt like a little yeah. bit. And any of that or no? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, agreed. Okay. Um well, 
there's a little bit of controversy. It's still brewing on online a little bit with, was this a false start or not? Um, it's a, I don't know. We have the video here. And if we play the sound, Antoine reacts instantan instantaneously to the gun. You have any thoughts here, Olivia? Here's the thing. I love it when we have these conversations because it's like it's hard to see it from this perspective, right? Because right. we're not looking at the starting gun. Yeah. When the starting gun goes off, you need to look at it based off when the smoke comes out of the gun. So by looking at the sound and just kind of looking at this, I honestly don't think he false started. Just my personal opinion. I know everyone is like, that's a false start. But again, this guy has a lot of power coming out of these blocks. So, you know, sometimes when you're looking at the rest of the field and this guy's just getting out really explosive. He might be the most explosive person right now on that day coming out of the starting block. So I don't know. I don't, I personally don't think it's a false start. Again, I also need to look at the starting gun too, when the smoke actually comes out of the gun yeah. and then we can kind of take it from there. But if you want my opinion, I don't think it's a false start. Credit to at Jason snaps for that video there. He was right on the start line. Mm -hmm. Ashley, do you have any thoughts on this? You know, I think I have to agree with Olivia, you know, especially looking at that. I hadn't seen that, you know, slowed down video until now. And I mean, it looks like he just got a really good reaction, you know, and like, again, maybe it would have been different if I had just been there in person watching like right on the start line, you right. know, the kind of like Olivia said. But, you know, I mean, it boils down to he had a great race. He won a state title. He proved some people wrong, probably. So yeah. shout out to him. Kudos to him. Yeah, the, the, this has been in the news lately with false starts. Devin Allen, yeah. you know, at, at I believe USA's, right? And there, there was an American woman, I think, uh, somewhere else indoors that had multiple false starts. The letter of the law says if you're faster than point one, then it's a false start, right? So that's kind of where it gets tricky. But high school doesn't record, you know, starts, right? So they're not going to, like – Put this to that level so i agree with what you just said ashley it's you controlled what you controlled they didn't call it back they let you run the race you won the race like matter of fact that that is the race so um i agree there uh kudos to him for winning a state title all right the start of outdoor track and field awaits we got florida louis bing invitational this weekend in miami the start of outdoor track and field this is going to be awesome as it always is in Florida. Ashley, let's let's hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about this because, I mean, they just had their unofficial indoor meet, but now we're going to outdoor in Florida. So, you know, they've kind of all in all, like, I'm excited to see what's going to, you know, happen down there in Florida. Looking at some of the top entries, we have some people that I'm going to be really excited to see. I think on the boy side, Makai Gammons, he's going to be in the 200 and the 400. Really excited to see what he does there. This will be a second track meet of 2023, and he is a signee for the University of Georgia. So big talent there. And then Elisa Samuel, she's entered in the 100, the 200, and the 100-meter hurdles, and she's currently a nationally ranked talent, U.S. number five so far in the 60-meter hurdles and indoor. So I'm excited to see what's going to go down outdoors. Olivia, let's go to you. Yes, it, I'm kind of on the same page as Ashley. It's crazy to think that we're about to start kicking outdoors in literally just moments. And the fact that Florida is going to be one of the first states to do it, it's going to be exciting. We've seen the talent that they have produced throughout the indoor season. It's just carrying it over now to the spring. As Ashley mentioned, Makai Gammons is going to be 
taking the stage here. I'm excited to see what he does. A lot of people in the sprints are going to really, I feel like, put a lot of things together. But I'm looking forward to the girls' 800 meters. We have Keisha Hu and Cindy Studsville, who have C times of 217. And they ran those times last year at different points of the season. And there's a handful of the top returners in the state when it comes to that 800 meters. So that is something I'm looking forward to. So with Florida, I'm going to reference this to like a rite of passage. The beginning of outdoor is a rite of passage in Florida. And this is where all these sprint talents come out and they like present themselves to the, to the public. I was going to say like it's kind of like a cotillion or like a quinceanera. It's kind of a little too cheesy maybe. So I said it, but it's kind of like that. It, you are presenting yourself as a track athlete in Florida here with the Louis Bing Invitational. And, and it's going to be awesome um in the hundred here alicia samuel um sky jackson so samaya braggs they're all under 11 8 uh, we could see some really really fast times there in the hundred uh miami south ridges girls see themselves under 46 seconds uh 45 point is going to get you close to u.s top five every single year so if we see that early on that would be amazing on the guy side, Brandon Bennett of American Heritage and Tremaine Brown are seated at 10.5 and faster. We, we know Tremaine, but we haven't heard a lot about Brandon Bennett. So I think that's kind of his entry into, you know, the, the track conversation. American Heritage has a strong tradition of sprinters, too. And then in the 200, we got Makai Gammons, uh, High, Miami Hialeah High Lakes, and Kaj Baker all seated under 21.3. So I think the 200 could could form some really good ideas of what we should see. And with Makai in particular, searching for that sub 21, I think that's been on his mind for years now. And if he gets it this early, it would be a great kind of uh, platform to, to boost toward the end of the season. Now, as we mentioned earlier on the show, we said that we would have not one, but two all time, you know, great interviews today. So we are excited to have our second interviewee of the show. We have Rocky Hansen out of Christ School in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And he continues to prove that, you know, he's one of the best milers in the country this season and has been on the sub four minute mile chase. He's coming off an impressive four flat point eight four mile performance at the Milrose Games over the weekend, where he competed against the pros and fellow high schooler Connor Burns, and that ranks as the seventh fastest high school indoor mile effort of all time. So pretty exciting stuff there. And it's an improvement upon his previous season best of 401, which came a week prior at the New Balance Grand Prix. The chase for sub four continues and we've got Rocky here to talk all about it. So thanks, welcome Rocky. Thanks for having me on. All right, so, you know, first off, let's just talk about the obvious here. Four flat here at Milrose, another all time performance from you. So just kind of take us through your race from start to finish and you know, what was on your mind as you kind of rounded the track yeah so initially i thought it went out fast but looking back on it it didn't really go out uh as fast as i thought it did uh during the race i was just trying to stay kind of attached to the pros my coach kind of told me before that in these pro meets they they speed up pretty drastically once they hit the halfway point and especially he, we talked about before how he thinks I could start my kick out a little earlier at maybe 400 or, 400 or 300 to go. And he said that's typically what happens in all the pro meets and all the pro races. And that's what happened. I mean, at 400, 300 to go, uh, they, they launched. And kind of during that race, I wasn't as aggressive as I thought I should have been. Uh, reflecting back on that, that's definitely one of the things I wish I had done better. But 
overall it was a great experience and I had a fun time and I'm glad I was able to hold uh hold my own in a decent way for my first pro experience. Yeah, as you mentioned, like if you if you look at that race, that's exactly what happened. It was kind of a kick to the finish there at the pros. And so, you know, kind of early on, you know, we noticed like you had to you were kind of running on the outside there, um, you know, outside of lane one, you know, um, you know, looking at that, like, did how do you think that kind of impacted your race? You know, was that something you expected to happen? Uh, I wouldn't say it was something I expected to happen. Uh, it was definitely the main thing I did wrong, reflecting back on it. It, like I said earlier, aggression, being more aggressive in the race was probably my uh, the biggest mistake I made. But uh, going into the next race, I'm definitely going to be playing more around with just being not being so afraid to just press on the gas whenever during a race because I feel like my I was I was concerned that surging to the front in that way in that manner behind the pacer would. Uh, would not do me would not serve me well later in the race i thought that i would uh fan out if i had surged too early so i was a little hesitant with that and uh that was probably my biggest takeaway from the race just being more aggressive and not being afraid to lay down some early surges and that's what i'm going to use for the next time uh, so that i don't stay in lane two for the first three laps of a race <laughs> <laughs> Well, I must say we were all texting each other and we were just rooting for you and Connor. And this was your first race against the pros. So was it some like was it what you expected? And what were you actually expecting in that race as well? I would say it met my expectations. I knew that it, um, there was good competition. And I knew that just from my experience watching pro meets online and on TV, I knew that they tend to go pretty fast towards the end. and. I also know I also knew that whenever a race goes out slower than planned in these collegiate or pro races, they typically speed up even more drastically towards the end. And that's what happened in this case. We planned to go out a little bit faster than we did. Uh, we planned to go out in 157. We went out in 159, I believe. And so the pros and the collegiates, like, uh, and all the races that I've seen, when it goes out slow, they just begin to really crank it up in the last 800, 400. And uh, that's what happened. I mean, I didn't expect for us to go out uh, slower than expected, but I expected there to be a drastic speed up towards the end, and I expected there to be good competition, and that stuff was met. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this race was also very intense, and I know you mentioned that, like, you were pretty much l running in lanes, like, the end of one inside of two, and also you were also in three at some points of the race. Were there other parts throughout this race where you felt like you were being very challenged, and how are you going to use that experience to kind of shape um, and just kind of change the way that you approach other races in the future? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like you said, I definitely felt sort of challenged when I was kind of running in that outside lane and I was hesitant to search to the front but also towards the end when it sped up that was challenging too I didn't uh because it went out slower like I said it, it went out even faster than it would have if it was a faster race but uh I feel like I one of my other big takeaways of the race was being aware not only of like one guy but like of all the guys around you. I feel like towards the end, I kind of 
Connor Burns kind of went to the front briefly and I kind of locked in on him and I was really focused on like getting past him. And then I forgot about all of the other racers around me. And then he, they smashed me. Like once I cross, like, I don't know, one lap to go, uh, they, they just blew right past me. So that was another one of my big takeaways, not being not just super hyper-focused on like one guy, but like of all the bodies around you and evaluating where your body is in space and how you feel is probably my biggest takeaway. Rocky, you also mentioned, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Corey. Okay. You also mentioned Connor Burns was in that field as well. Was it almost like a sense? I know he's your competitor, but was it also a sense of comfort knowing that you're not the only high school boy in this field as well? Yeah, it was it was a little comforting. I mean, we we gave each other a little nod beforehand, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're still both competitors, and we both know that we're here to run a race. And uh, I mean, I I don't really care who shows up. I don't look at any entries beforehand or anything like that. But it, it was cool to know, it was cool that there was another high schooler in the race. But I wouldn't say that it was like uh, a huge factor in the. Uh, determining how the race played out i feel like i going into it i just wanted to race it like a normal race and uh approach it level-headed so yeah yeah it kind of i mean hearing you talk about it where you you say they they launched at a certain point and they didn't like you kind of had to just meet them uh and they're not they're not running they're not doing you any favors when they're out there they're not trying to lead you to a sub four they're like here have it rocky they so (laughs) What did you learn about that experience as far as like, you know, I, when you run in a, in a meet like this, no one's going to lead you anyway. You have to control your race. Did, if, if you, have you thought about that at all as far as like learning experiences against pros? I mean, I mean, they're, they're going to be cutthroat. They want to win, too. How did you how did you look at that? I mean, yeah, going into the race, my coach told me they don't they don't, they're pros. They don't want to get beat by a high schooler. So. <laughs> You, going into it, I, I I obviously said that I wanted to treat it like any other race, but I mean it's it's no different than I mean it's I guess it's a little more cutthroat since you're a high schooler and you're in a pro field and they don't want to get beat. Yeah. Uh, but I mean the biggest takeaway was just like being aggressive no matter who's on the line, whether it be a pro, a high schooler, collegiate whatever it may be, just whoever shows up, shows up, and uh, you still execute and uh, race to win. You raced back-to-back, too. I mean, the previous week you were at New Balance Grand Prix. Now you were at Milrose. Was that hard on the body, like running two fast miles back-to-back? How would you describe sort of those two weeks together? Uh, I, I actually bounced back pretty quick from New Balance, and going into Milrose, I was feeling good. I wouldn't say it was a huge toll on the body. I mean, we're still early and indoor, so my body isn't really feeling the wear and tear of training yet. I feel like if you race too much during like postseason or April or something like that, when you're in like a high training block, then it can kind of wear down your body a little bit. But we we did the proper things leading up to the, the races, like cutting down the mileage slightly just so I could have a little more rest on my legs and um doing the correct workouts correct easy days leading up so i would say i felt good going in 
Now, I know you said before, you know, you kind of live by almost this, I guess this mantra of sorts where it's kind of just, you know, you just race hard and you run hard and then the times will come. Um, but, you know, it's kind of just this obvious, you know, sub four barrier kind of in mind, you know, surrounding this season. Like, is that, do you still kind of live by that saying or does that kind of change, you know, now that that kind of mark is, you know, within reach? If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm trying not to let it phase me. I, I've i thought about it a lot over, like, the past couple days and, like, or whenever I've gotten close. I've thought about it a lot, and I feel like I'm reflecting. It's still, like, the beginning of February. Um, and, I mean, there was only one guy who broke four in indoors last year, and that was Colin Solomon. And then everyone else broke it in outdoor. So kind of reflecting back on it, I still definitely live by the same mantra. I still uh, firmly believe that racing is how you get the big times and how you uh, can get the results you want. And that's what it's what coaches look for, too. Like if you're uh, trying to get recruited, they obviously look for times and everything, but they also look for your tactics and your racing abilities. So I still firmly believe that racing is what's going to give me those times i'm not gonna let being this close right now phase me because i still have four months of the season to go and Mm -hmm. i know i believe in myself i'm confident in my abilities so uh i'm just gonna keep uh keep racing to win and like i said what my takeaways from this race i'm gonna be more practice more like aggression during a race like uh, make more, not be as afraid to push on the gas or let off the gas, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, as we move towards the championship part of the indoor season, also the spring, what are some areas that you're going to be focusing on for the remainder of the season? Uh, I don't know if there's anything I particularly focus on as far as events go. Um, we've always just kind of done mile to mile, but I mean, just getting in some good training from now until uh, indoor, like until the end of indoor, of course, and then getting in some great training over spring track. And then once the big meets come during postseason, then we start tapering down a little bit and we go into postseason and try and do some big things. Sounds sounds like a plan. Sounds like, <laughs> like you know what it is. You're going for it. All right, one fun thing, Rocky. You were in New York. I mean, did you have any fun pit stops? Like, did you uh, grab a bagel or, I don't know, pizza? Anything fun? Uh, I mean, after the race, we went to Times Square that night, and it was pretty crazy. It's it's complete chaos there. Also. Just with all the, yeah, street performers and <laughs> the amount of people, even if it's, like, the middle of February. Uh, I was still kind of taken aback that there was that many people there, but, I mean... It's a city that never sleeps, so. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one more final thing. So uh, we like to ask our guests again what they like to listen to, you know, maybe pre-race or something. I know Corey over the weekend said that he envisions you listening to, like, I don't know, like the Rocky playlist or something. Like, it's fitting. Yeah, we wanted to, yes. (laughs) Have you ever listened to the Rocky soundtrack? It it seems fitting. Yes, I do love the Rocky soundtrack, but pre-race, <laughs> I do not listen to music. I actually, I meditate. I get in the zone. Uh, I've never been a music before a race kind of guy. I've always just tried to uh, 
zen out my mind and really focus on what's around me and bring that energy into the race. But I do love the Rocky playlist. It's don't worry, it's downloaded on my. What, uh, what's Apple what's music. your what's your favorite Rocky like of the series? Do you have a favorite? Oh, I haven't watched all of them. Okay. I mean, I've heard people say like, "Oh, don't watch past the first one. The other ones aren't as good." But I don't know. I, one day, I definitely do want to watch all of them just because they're the Rocky movies. But Rocky Four, Rocky yeah. Four, Rocky Four. Really, Rocky Four? Rocky Four. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Hundred percent Rocky Four. Yes. <laughs> well, Rocky. Thanks again. We'll, you know, look forward to seeing you compete in nationals very soon. And best of luck to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Rocky. All right. One last segment to get to. That is our national meet of the week on the calendar. It is the NJSIAA group championships uh, held at the bubble in Tom's River, New Jersey. The group championships are essentially that state's states, and then they are followed by the meet of champions. Uh, here we're going to get into the competition between groups one, two, three, and four. Um, we're going to go into really two athletes or a relay or a team that we're going looking at specifically. And the first one is Jason Meza of Morristown. Uh, he enters uh, group four as the 400-meter favorite. Um, do we have any thoughts here on, on Jason? Moving forward into the Group 4 Championships, uh, Ashley, I'll start with you. Yeah, you know, looking at Jason Meza, I think this could be his year to shine, personally. And, you know, if you look at him, yes, he's, you know, the top returner in the 400, but he's also very versatile. He's done everything from the 400 to the 55-meter hurdles to the high jump. So he has a really big repertoire of skills. And, you know, I suspect, though, that, you know, after finishing fourth last year in this event, that, you know, maybe he has something he wants to prove in 2023. He's the top seed. He'll be aiming for a title. So I'm excited to see what he does. Next big race to, to feature will be in non-public A, boys 4x4, Seton Hall Prep. They did something really impressive this weekend. Olivia, can you talk a little bit more about this team and what they could potentially do at groups? Yes, let's talk about Seton Hall Prep. And as you mentioned, they competed at Milrose and set a new meet record, just the second best performance behind Union Catholic's time of 315 from 2014 from New Balance National National Indoors. So that race was pretty hot, right? And I know there was a tweet that was posted out, so let's bring that up onto the screen now. And they've had some incredible split, splits across the board. There was three seniors and a freshman on the squad. He had 47 point eight for ryan the fastest split of the meet then you had 50.8 for russell webb 48.6 for nick davita and 48.3 for xavier donaldson and we know that they're going to put everything together because like i mentioned three seniors and a freshman on this team we all know what the four by four brings when you come to the championships it's the final race of the meet it's the final race for a couple of these seniors. They're going to leave it out on the track. And Corey, as you mentioned, just a few tenths of a second off of that record there. Like there, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, they're probably going for it. Like that is just the mindset going into uh, this race this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great race for this four by four for sure. And Xavier Donaldson, uh, who is a senior, he's a Princeton signee, is the star mm -hmm. on that team. He has run 21.55 for 200. 33-7 for 400 and 49 open, but as you said, he went 48 in the split there. So Xavier is wherever that team is. Once he gets the the, the baton, something special could happen. So the the stick, as they say. Uh, all right, let's move to the girls' events to watch, and we'll start first 
with uh, Kaylee Gunzierowski uh, in the 800. Ashley, do you want to talk a little bit about her? Sure, yeah. You know, if you look at her, she's going to be, you know, she's a stellar 800 runner here in New Jersey. You know, she's clocked uh, 214 this season for her new season best, but her overall PR is 212 from last year outdoor or indoors, excuse me. And, you know, she's going to be the top returner in this event. So I'm just, you know, a lot of times they say, you know, the top returner with all that experience, you know, it's hard to beat them. So I'm excited to see what Kaylee does. Olivia, anything else on her? Yeah, Kaylee, I'm excited to see what she does there. Uh, two fourteen for a season's best. Her best is a two twelve, and she finished third last year. So, and she's the top returner. So, I can only imagine she's going after that title. Union Catholics girls uh, in the non-public division, obviously, are our team nationally every year. Olivia, can you go a little bit more into Union Catholic? What are what's an event that you think they're really going to start in? Well, to kind of just highlight what they've done in the relays already this year, they've been on fire and just kind of looking at what they did at Milrose in that four by eight. We just mentioned Kaylee. She was part of that team. She clocked a two eleven split there. You also had senior Mamaya Nina who ran a two sixteen, freshman Jemiah King who ran a two twenty, and junior Peyton Hollis who ran a two fourteen. Combined time for a nine oh four. That is the second fastest time in the country this season. So. They're looking sharp. <laughs> they did it at Milrose. Um, so th- they're definitely geared up and ready to go for this weekend. Ashley, what about you? Anything else on UC? Yeah, you know, obviously they have a really strong 800-meter crew, but they also have a really strong hurdles crew. They have four athletes seated all under nine seconds in the 55-meter hurdles this weekend. So impressive crew there. And, you know, I want to highlight Taylor Cox. She kind of leads that group there. And she's been on a winning streak this season in the 55 hurdles. She has gotten... Three wins and four finals runs so far. And so that shows she knows what it takes to get a win. And, you know, I feel like if you're going into an event like this where you have a lot of a lot of teammates, you know, that are running similar stellar times, then, you know, that's a lot of momentum there for Union Catholic. One last girl to watch out for in non-public B division, Attilio O'Connell from St. Rose. Last year, she won the 400, 800, 1600, and 3,200 meters, uh, she is back and probably better in the, than ever. So should have a good performance there. And New Jersey is going to be fun. It's going to be live on New Jersey Mile Split. They will have all the previews and, and reviews and interviews and race videos and all that stuff. And we'll, have, we'll feature some of that stuff on Mile Split National as well. So stay tuned for that. We are done with our latest show. Anything that we're watching before we leave? You, you know what's back on TV starting in March? Alaska Daily. Oh, I still haven't Woo! watched that. You know I'm so it. excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been counting down the days for that. Yeah. Actually, this is the time to catch up. I think I know. It's true. It's a good show. I know. Maybe I will. I'll write it on my calendar or something. Yeah. I don't know. Hillary Swank had to have a baby, <laughs> so that's why they had the mid-season stop, ah, and then they're back in March. So okay. Yeah. Uh, the concluding, you know, storyline. I guess they're chasing after a story. So. Cool. All right. Well, that does it for another show of On the Line. Thank you for watching. For all of track and field content, go to milesplit.com.